Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo, Mary Guilfoyle. We're a couple of missionaries at Acts 29. This is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. We might even say today uh, in the culture as well. Mary, how are you? I'm doing great, Father. How about you? I'm doing great. It's still a great football season on my behalf. Michigan's 3-0. Life is looking good. So It's all that matters, it's, right, Father John? <laughs> okay, Jesus is Lord. That kind of matters too. And, and, and you know. It doesn't hurt. And the Lions... Yeah, anyway. It is what it is. It is what it is. Hey, what's our topic today? Hey, today we're going to talk about first things first. First things first. Yes, going to... Please, God, I I pray this will tap into some of the uh, frustration, the temptation to vent that many of us can have, uh, especially around politics, and that we can help steer people, uh, keeping in mind St. Paul's exhortation to us uh, this past Sunday... In the second reading, we can uh, take him up on his exhortation to us. So, uh, Amen, what, Father. Why don't we pray. Yeah, with pray his hands lifted high. In Amen. the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, just like uh, your servant Paul uh, exhorted us, we do come before you right now and pray on behalf of kings and governors and presidents and congressmen and women. And all those local officials who uh, have been instituted to govern us and to guide us and to lead us, Lord, we pray that you would even now pour out your grace upon them, that if they are walking with you, you would keep them strong. If they're not, that you would open their minds and their eyes by the power of your Spirit to help them to see clearly and to use the positions that have been entrusted to them Uh, to truly care for the common good uh, so that we might be governed in peace and in justice. Lord, we ask for your Holy Spirit to be poured out upon us, anoint our conversation right now. May it be edifying, encouraging, and hope-filled for ourselves and for those who are listening. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, maybe just to tee this up, so two readings this past week have really, actually it's a little bit longer than a week now, the, uh, the second reading from Mass on this past Sunday. But then also uh, we had an offsite a couple weeks ago uh, with Acts 29, and there was a, a reading from 1 Corinthians uh, 7 that just kind of right. has stuck with me too. But maybe just tee up that part in 1 Timothy 2. Would you mind just sharing that just so we can be fresh? Yeah, well, it's so fresh. It's it's so fresh, right? Because this was just uh, yesterday. So uh, the passage from 1 Timothy 2 says, First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings, and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Okay, full stop. So we, we might be tempted if we don't know um, what Paul's, what, what time he's writing in here. We might be thinking, hey, Paul, you don't really have a clue what's going on in the United States of America right now, or in our case, in the state of Michigan. So... What, what, what do you mean, first of all, urging supplications, prayers uh, for kings and those who are in high places? So it's worth remembering Paul's talking about Nero, right? 
That's who, that's not who a this good guy. guy. Not a good guy, right? So Nero's the one who's going to kill him. Right. He's going to behead him, and he's going to crucify Peter upside down, and he's going to start the first systematic political mm. persecution of, of the Catholic Church, right. the Christian Church. So um, that's who that's who Paul's talking about here. Paul's exhorting this small community of Christians through uh, his disciple Timothy. Brother, tell people what we need to do. We need them to lift holy hands to heaven on behalf of those who govern us so that we might lead a peaceful and quiet life. So that's the first reading. We'll come back to that in a moment. The second reading that um, that has really just continued to linger with me, we actually had it, I want to say it's almost two weeks ago now. We've been working through 1 Corinthians uh, at daily Mass. And Paul at the end, or at not quite the end, but at some point in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it's verse 31. He says, um, the present form of this world is passing away. And I remember we were on the offsite, and I had shared with y'all, as I was praying with it that morning, the Lord just really was speaking to me, and I continue to just linger with this, because the idea that Paul's sharing here, the, the, the language that he's using, the present form, the Greek word schema, it comes from the theater. So the idea is this is a stage set. And, you know, theater, unfortunately, most people don't go to live theater much anymore. But if you do, Albert on our team, his wife, Becky, I mean, that's, she loves, to, she's a director. She directs uh, high school students and whatnot. Albert does a lot of the stage work. Stage sets seem so solid, mm. right? They seem so permanent. But if, if you know anything about theater, they're not. Like, there's a whole they set They change of, really quick. Yeah, there's a whole set of other That's stage right. sets that are, like, lined up behind them. They're just like, all you got to do is pull the strings, and one goes up, and another one comes down. So things change in an instant. And what Paul's trying to say to us, which is so important for us to remember right now, so it is with world events and with history. No matter how solid things seem, how unchangeable, how firm the reality is God's the author of history. History is his story. And just like in a great drama, like God's continually writing new characters into the, into the story and new people are showing up on the scene and new events that had been unimaginable or unforeseen take place. That's worth keeping in mind right now in our country, in the world, uh, in our state, in whatever state you might be happening to be listening from, God is the author of history. And the present form of this world is passing away. It's not as solid as it seems. And so with that in mind, maybe we can go back to First Timothy and we can just offer a little reflection on that reading and as well as some some practical things that we might be able to do. Can I press into no, uh, First Corinthians 7.30? Go for it. No, lady, move on. So what you're saying, Father John, is that no matter how dark, no matter how um, difficult, uh, no matter um, how chaotic or, or, di- or challenging the headlines can be, whatever is we're living through either personally or in our state or in our country, where it looks like um, we're not we, we're not seeing God move yeah. in a way that we would think we would see Him move. That what you're saying is that even though the stage set the, the world situation does not look good, God is with us, Amen. and that He is the capacity to bring new men and women onto this stage 
to rewrite a story. So no matter how, no, no, no matter what the headlines may look like, those can change for the better. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, even as you're sharing that, my mind's going back to we were we were leading a pilgrimage to Poland a set of years ago now, and we were at the John Paul II shrine, which is close to the convent where Faustina lived, and it's very near the quarry where he worked. Yeah, where he worked in World that. War II. And so, as I was walking around, I would I just had. I don't know if this was a vision from the Lord or what. Maybe it's just an active imagination. But this was so powerful. And so I saw, like, young John Paul, you know, young Carol, probably a, a 21-year-old man. And he was he was in his, you know, work overalls in 1942, 43. And he's leaning on his shovel, working in this quarry for the Nazis. And he's just taking a break. And there's, you know, Gestapo agents around him or... SS soldiers or German soldiers around him. And at a certain point, I saw him leaning on his shovel and he kind of turns to to one of the Nazis and he says, you know, in 40 years, the woman who's buried over there in that convent, she's going to be a saint. Everybody's going to celebrate a feast that she's been trying to promote. I'm going to be Pope and you guys are going to be in the trash can of history. And that would have just seemed unseemly, just impossible, stupid, right? Like you got to be out of your mind, and that's but, exactly what happened. Because that's what God does. Yeah, because the present form of this world is, is passing, passing away. away. The Nazis are like, you know, it's going to be a thousand year Reich. It's like, no, it, it didn't quite last twenty years. That's right. History's not. I mean, that there's no period at the end of history. Yeah. This that's, isn't it. That's right. Right. I that's love right. that. And I remember being with a set of pilgrims right there as you actually shared that story. I had forgotten that till just now. It's just so beautiful. Okay. So thank you. So, so we're going to go so back. So that had to have happened because people were praying, right? So let's go that's back right. to people, the, the saints in heaven, the angels in heaven, but also the people on earth. So let's go back to First Timothy, and Paul's exhortation that supplication first of all first of all before you guys vent before you get angry before you start trashing one another first of all hence the title of this episode first things first pray <laughs> supplications prayers intercessions thanksgiving for all peoples for kings and all those who are in high positions and i'm not sure about you i i, I think i've mentioned this here before but i do a lot of venting Oh Even if it's gosh. to God sometimes. Like, I complain to God a lot about people who lead. I don't pray anywhere near enough for those who are leading us, you know, whether it's for the president or for Congress or for the governor or political leaders in general. You know, I just, I can feel oftentimes so much frustration and anger. Sure. I think, a, I, but, yeah, but I think what Paul's telling is lift your holy hands. hands to heaven. I actually just start walking around the church now with my hands <laughs> up in the air, praying for them, trying to do what it is that he's exhorting us to do. And, and I know you came across something the other day that was really helpful for you with regards to this word supplication, which is not exactly something that rolls off the tongue, right? No, it doesn't. So yesterday as I was praying um, with this first passage, obviously, uh, the, the second reading rather, um, um, I, I wanted to know what, do suppli what are supplications? Yeah. I mean, how often have 
we read that passage and I thought, what what does he mean by supplication? So I actually um, looked it up and um, and what I found was it said uh, that uh, I looked in verboom actually yeah. um, under the Catholic commentary on this on this book and it says supplications are prayers occasioned by some concrete circumstances or pressing need. Well, we got some concrete I know circumstances what, Oh my gosh. Like, like I should be pressing into supplication all day, every day, because we're living in a time where there are so many concrete circumstances yeah. right in front of us that seem so immovable. And pressing needs, whether it's in our marriage or our family and our children's life, or if it's in the world of, you know, you know the, the, um, the public square, yeah. politics. And then as you were just talking about, Father John, just the raising of our hands to heaven. And here's what we know, that when we pray, our posture means something. It helps us enter more deeply into prayer. And so just that that exhortation to pray with holy hands, like held high. Yeah. And, to, and I just have this renewed intentionality in my own heart about pressing into supplication. Yeah, amen. And especially with the election. I mean, that's really what's that's in our it. minds as we're talking right now. You know, first of all, supplications, prayers, petitions lifted for those who are running for a public office, that God would bless us with men and women after his own heart. And, and those amendments that yeah, very we, particularly we, we want to speak very yeah. yeah, we want to we want to speak into that in just one second. I know I want to talk about what's going on in Michigan. You had another uh, quote that you had come across from St. John Chrysostom, whose feast we just celebrated. Share that too. I love this. So as I was discovering what supplication meant, I came across this quote uh, from St. John Chrysostom, and here's what he says. This was so instructive for for me. He says two benefits derive from this prayer. Hatred toward those who are outside is cleared away, for no one can feel hatred towards those for whom he prays. Ooh, linger with that for a second. No yes. one can feel hatred toward those for whom he prays. That's a really it's a transforming word power. for a lot of us right now. But it can a change. lot of hatred. That it can change our souls. It can yeah. cha- you know, we, we often talk here about the renewal of the mind. Yeah. That's what ne- what's what's necessary as we press into this apostolic mode in which God is inviting us to operate in. It's, it's like a renewal and a change of our minds. That that can change yeah. our minds and our hearts. So going on, he writes, and those for whom we pray are made better and lose their ferocious disposition by the prayers that are offered for them. He says, for nothing is so apt to draw men under training as to love and be loved. Think what it was for those who persecuted, scourged, banished, and slaughtered the Christians to hear that those whom they treated so barbarously offered fervent prayers to God for them. Yeah. I I think it's Suetonius who uh, was... uh, a contemporary with Nero who was reflecting back, I think it's Suetonius, someone might correct me, reflecting back on Nero's persecutions. And he was he was witnessing somebody, I forget who it was precisely, somebody was uh, suffering greatly, uh, one of the Roman mm. politicians, and complaining and moaning and groaning. And Suetonius says, I have seen men and women in the throes of torture not only not cry out, not complain, but bless. Oh gosh! And he was talking about 
the persecutions that Nero began in what's now uh, St. Peter's Basilica, which is built on top of the old circus of Caligula and Nero back in the 30s and 40s AD. So, yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. It's a beautiful word. Um, yeah, I was just thinking about as you were talking about that, um, how different their hearts and minds and their souls look from mine, that in the midst of all of that, right, they're blessing their persecutors. Yeah. I just, it's just mind-blowing. I mean, a, a totally different level of sanctity, right? Yeah, so we want to invite just real practically uh, those who uh, are living in Michigan as they're listening to this uh, to join us on some things. And those of you who are not living in the state of Michigan um, to join us as well, because what's happening in Michigan is coming to a state near you soon. So Michigan has on our uh, ballot proposal this coming November, uh, Proposal 3, which is known as Reproductive Freedom for All, which is not only... Uh, just a, a ridiculously uh, liberal law for abortion on demand for any reason up until the moment of birth, uh, but it's also a real serious attack on parental rights. And as of right now, if we do not get a miracle, this thing's going to pass, and it's going to pass resoundingly. And so there's a couple of things that we want to in- encourage people uh, to do. First is just to pray, uh, to pray seriously for what's happening here in Michigan, Uh, to pray for the conversion of those who are involved in abortion, for those who champion uh, the rights of killing the unborn, Uh, to pray for those women who are in need, who are afraid, Uh, to pray for the the men who are, who every study has shown, you know, the the abortion movement wants to say this is a a choice that's between a woman and a doctor. Uh, The the reality is that the single most significant opinion is usually the, the father's opinion. Uh, if if he's a coward and he's not supporting her, then she's going to have the abortion. So just to pray for everything that's involved here, please please pray for us as a state because again, Michigan's going to go from being one of the most restrictive states in the country on abortion to uh, one of the most permissive. Also, want to uh, just let people know, please pray for pray for all the bishops in the state of Michigan and for all the priests in the state of Michigan. Michigan, Michigan is about to embark on a retreat over the next seven weeks, starting this coming weekend, the 24th and 25th, where at least in theory, uh, every diocese in the state of Michigan, uh, you're going to hear something close to the same, not the same homily, but the all, all of us as priests have been given uh, a theme and a talking points mm-hmm. and kind of like an overall goal for every week just to try to help encourage, to educate people, uh, to help us to know how to pray, um, to understand, to, to reach out to those women who've, who've had abortions, who are uh, post-abortion or dealing with post-abortion uh, trauma, uh, the men as well who've gone through this, to let them know there's hope and there's healing, uh, to hold up examples of the past of men and women, young and old, who've done courageous things. Uh, the theme of this retreat is uh, we were made for such a time as this, flowing from Esther. Queen Esther. Yeah. Beautiful. Thing. So j- just pray for courage. Pray for open ears. Pray that, pray that the Lord would bring us collectively as a church here in Michigan on retreat. Also want to encourage uh, men in a particular way. Get a load of this. I have a, a buddy of mine. He works in the Diocese of Phoenix in the Office of Marriage and Respect Life. And he reached out. So the the men of Arizona, who, uh, if I can understand, uh, as near as what they've shared with me, are about a year behind us in Michigan. 
they're, they're, they're wanting to walk with us. They want to pray for us and with us. And so they're issuing a challenge to the brothers here in the state of Michigan. And the challenge is, a, is an Exodus 90 challenge. So they're going to embark on Exodus 90 for us, for the state of Michigan. This is remarkable. For the Father defeat John. of Proposal it's, 3. That's beautiful. And for the conversion of those who lead and for the sanctity of human life and the, the protection of uh, women who are in need and, and in danger and who are af- afraid and whatnot. So they've thrown down the gauntlet to the brothers in Michigan saying, hey, we're going to do this for you. Will you do this? And, and we'll have a little friendly competition because guys like competition and see who can get the most people. So this coming Sunday, September 25th, we're starting another Exodus 90 challenge for the specific purpose of the defeat of Proposal 3. And it it ends on Christmas Did you say Eve. Christmas Eve? That's yeah, what I thought. It ends on Christmas yeah. Eve. So, man, here we go. I didn't think we were going to do this so soon, but we're, uh, we're, we're embarking on another Exodus 90 here for this. So I just want to invite all the brothers in Michigan who might be listening to, to join us. Uh, if you're in Arizona, join as well. And if you're in any other state and you want to fast and pray, because the origin behind this from uh, my brother Mike over in Arizona is some kinds only come out through prayer and fasting. That's what Scripture tells us, Father John, right? That's right. And and, and if you're um, if you're a listener and 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 um, and Exodus ninety, you're not you're not able to do Exodus ninety. You're um, um, a sister in the Lord. Just fast with us. Um, we're fasting on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Find a day that works for you. And if Friday is your fasting day, unite your fast, lift up your fast and your supplications on Friday for the defeat of Proposal 3. Just join us, anyone who's listening. Yeah, I love that. Right? So bring us home with this beautiful prayer that Pope Benedict shared from uh, St. Clement. Yeah, so I think it was back in uh, the spring of uh, 2007, he brought to mind this prayer. It was a a prayer from uh, St. Clement that was sent to the Corinthians. and, And we think this is a perfect prayer for us to pray in these days, especially for our political leaders. Uh, So he wrote, so this is what he wrote to the church in Corinth. Grant to them, Lord, health, peace, concord, and stability, so that they may exercise without offense the sovereignty that you have given them. Master, heavenly king of the ages, you give glory, honor, and power over the things of earth to the sons of men. Direct, Lord, their counsel, following what is pleasing and acceptable in your sight, so that by exercising with devotion and in peace and gentleness the power that you have given to them, they may may find favor with you. Hmm. What a perfect model of prayer, right, from what? What century is that, Father John? It's the end of the first century. So Pope Benedict says he thinks it's the the most ancient prayer that we have outside of the scriptures. For 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 political institutions. institutions. Yeah, so let's... Let's, Make it our let's own. lift that up. Let's keep our hands lifted high. Let's remember that the form of this world is passing away, that uh, God brings new characters onto the stage, mm-hmm. that he's rearranging things constantly, and that he allows you and me to be intimately involved in that by our own actions and most especially by our prayers, by our fasting, by our knowing what's going on and bringing men and women before him, uh, especially when we come to Mass, when we're in in our own prayer, wherever we might be. So mindful that Jesus is Lord. Do not be afraid. 
God is with you, and you were born for this.